All right, guys, today we're doing a little what have you been watching? I've been on the road to Atlanta, about to get started on season 10 of The Walking Dead. So Matt's been covering all my introduction duties. Matt, you've been doing a good job, though, man. Thank you. Well, thank you for the compliment, but it's not. First of all, it's too much responsibility. I don't like that. I I want you to do all the hard work and I'll just do the handsome boy stuff. (laughs) Dude, did you see that someone listened to us was calling their kids handsome boys because of us? Did you see that on Facebook? Oh, man, I got to find that. Who was that? Yeah. Shout out to one of our listeners, Colleen Schmeely. She wrote uh, on our Facebook that uh, she's got some kids and she was calling one of her kids a handsome boy and realized what she was saying and why she was saying it. And I was like, how cool. (laughs) Oh, man, that is too funny. Big shout out to Brian Ivanhoe. Hey, thanks for missing me, man. He said, hey, Matt, you're doing a great job. But uh, we do miss uh, the fans, the regular listeners do miss Aaron. So, hey, I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening, man. Uh, big shout out to Osborne to be a samurai. Dude, thanks for uh, always commenting and uh, hitting, hitting like on our, on our Instagram post. Levil Dead, thank you for listening, dude, and corresponding with us. Dude, while I was on the trip, he and I were talking about uh, Ultraman, something I got to really check out on Netflix. They got a new Ultraman series. I'm a big fan of the old cheesy Ultraman. They just put out like a badass anime Ultraman, and I want, really want to check that out. Thanks to all of our fans. We really appreciate that. And guys, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Hit like and subscribe on Apple iTunes and leave those reviews. We love hearing from you guys. Matt, today we are doing a little What Have You Been Watching after our amazing WonderCon content drop. Man, we had some good interviews, dude. We did a lot of stuff. I mean, it was one of those, like, we we had a couple things planned. We had a couple things we were shooting for, and we got almost everybody that we had set out to get, including some stretches. So, uh, and the, and the, well, what are you laughing? Cause I, I was just thinking, we almost got everybody. I was thinking of the one guy we didn't get. So I'll tell it, we'll tell the story. <laughs> so we go up and we're talking to Phil Lamar from, he's a big voice actor. Um, he's done, he did man TV. That's where I knew him from. And we go, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? He's like, yeah, sure. Hold on. Let me check my schedule. And he looked at his phone and he's looking at his phone. He's scrolling. It feels like he's like forgotten us. It was like and then for he goes, a minute too. Like it, yeah, it was an awkwardly long time for him to be checking stuff. And then he looked up and was like, "Oh uh, shit, uh, I'm sorry, boys. I'm just too busy." We're like, "Okay, well, we could have gotten it done." While no, you he were didn't even say. He didn't even say I'm too busy. He said because uh, he said, "Let me check my schedule." And he was looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. And then he was like, uh, "I'm not sure, guys. Check back later." Like, <laughs> all right. But he, we could have done it in that whole time. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I feel like he, here's what always happens to me. He goes, I'm going to check my schedule. Sits down, looks at his phone. He's like, ooh, Facebook messages. Huh. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, I, I like, couldn't really what? see, and I didn't want to like lean over more to try to see what he was doing, but that's what I think was happening. That's too funny. Anyway, guys. Yeah, we got some amazing interviews from WonderCon. The Kuberts, Andy Kubert, what a great interview. Talking to Tim Sale, man. Legend. I am obsessed with long Halloween and the stuff he did uh, with Jeff Loeb. And then to wrap it up with Kevin Conroy, man, the voice of Batman doing a drop on our show. How cool is yeah, that? That was, and he would, that was, he was super cool to chat with. He was a fun guy. He was really neat. He wasn't hurrying us. And he just, I mean, it was so cool. Oh, and I love that they took that line and then moved them over to the side. And then they're like, you boys can stand right here. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> well, we were worried that, that we'd get there. And did we even talk? Did we even talk about like what a thing it was to get there? Oh, wow! We got like we got we down to up Anaheim late, and we find couldn't parking. find parking 
anywhere. And I was like, Rumi, you're going to have to get out and just go do it without me. And you didn't want to do it. And I was like, no, dude, for real. And oh. I pulled into a parking lot. You ran out. The parking lot was like, sorry that you got to go to a different place and take a shuttle. It's like, fuck. I ended up parking somewhere and then just like run Lola running it, you know, three blocks to get there. And then I made it. I got to you. We were a couple minutes before we were supposed to be there. And I was like, if if he gets here and is like, oh, sorry, guys, I'm just too busy or I got here late. We're going to be bummed. No, you were like this. <gasps> if he gets here, Rumi, <laughs> if he gets here. Yeah, because I was the same way because you, you kicked me out of the car because I was like, no, just, I don't want to go by myself because I'll get lost because it's a big con and Matt's really good at navig- navigating the cons and I'm really bad at navigating the cons. And even though I had a map, even though I had a map, I was like, I couldn't figure it the fuck out and I'm running and as I'm running, there's this little kid looking at Spider-Man taking a picture and I'm like, I know that little kid. Wait, I know that little kid's dad taking a picture. And it was Steve Prince, the writer of Destroyer. And he was like, hey, what's up? I'll walk with you. And I was like, oh, I'm in a hurry. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And he like jogged with me for a few minutes. He's like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> You're like, do you know where Kevin Conroy's table is? Because uh, I don't know. Oh, he could have helped me. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> we made it. It was good. It was a great interview. So if you haven't already, check that out. And uh, let's get on with today's show, man. Let's start it with a what have you been watching? Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right. Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. And Rumi, you're back. (laughs) I'm in Atlanta, man. I made it. What a trip, dude. It was uh, the wife and I driving across country with the dog. And when I say the wife and I driving, Kate did all the driving. <laughs> Wait, not... did you say you're in Atlanta? Yeah. Well, I'm outside of Georgia. Yeah. You know, I thought I'm, you I'm outside said, of Atlanta. I thought you said Atlantis. I thought you were going to the city under mm. the sea. Yep. We're going to interview the real Aquaman. None of this <laughs> fake Carl Drogo bullshit. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you made it there safe. Yep. It was, uh, how long, you drove down the whole way. Well, Kate drove, but you guys drove. Kate drove, yeah. She's a champion driver. Um, She really did a good job. And Rufio was champ, dude. He hung out in the car the whole time. It was pretty chill. Was was a little asshole about it? Yeah, I was just fully expecting to have to drug the shit out of him the whole time. (laughs) Be like, get a little Snoop Dogg (laughs) co-pilot. Love it. Yeah, so we drove down. We stopped in a couple places. Memphis was really cool. A lot, of, a lot of blues joints down there. Memphis was a really sweet place to check out. You know, we're here. Uh, we're waiting for some of our stuff to show up. But, uh, dude, she got me this amazing Creature from the Black Lagoon Alex Ross print to go with my Frankenstein print. Oh, nice. I know which one you're talking about. I like that one a lot. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Really, really, really cool. Where are you going to put them? Like, what room in the house? Do you know? Bathroom? Like, in the dining room. Oh, nice. Right now, I'm in like the empty bedroom of, of nothing in here. So, Rumi's, Rumi's in, in Georgia, and I'm in California, and we're Skyping so we can see each other. And it looks like he's sitting in front of a, a closet that's open. And in the back, there's a shelf behind his head that has like a coyote on it. Oh, that's Floofy. That's the fake Rufio. Wait, move your head back again? That doesn't look anything like Rufio. It, it is. It's that a looks fake like Rufio. a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it's it's Flufio. so he's 
it's this fake dog that uh, when when I first was out in Atlanta working on Walking Dead, Kate was like, you're going to miss the dog. So she got me like a stand in like Rufio to just sit on the couch and scare me every time I walked in. Was <laughs> did like, you oh. talk to him? We were like, Rufio, stop being an asshole. Just so like you kept in the rhythm. Yeah, actually I did. I'd be like, hey, buddy, what are we doing today? Huh? <laughs> just start talking to the dog. <laughs> Who's a good boy? Yeah. <laughs> just like pet him on his head. Yeah, we, it, we brought him in. Rufio was like, the fuck is this? And then paid no attention to it since then. But like put him in the closet. It was sitting on the couch. And every time you walk in, you go, oh, God. And it would freak you out because you thought thought like a weird looking dog has gotten into the house. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here, dude. And I had my first Outlook Hotel warthog in the room moment. It's a dog, but okay. <laughs> I had a moment that made me go, I don't know what's going on. I'm slightly worried. And I feel like I feel like I should just like go run and hide in the hedge maze or something. <laughs> okay. So I'm taking Rufio out to go, you know, last, last potty break of the night, right? And I'm standing there. And I hear a noise and I look over and there's some commotion behind a garage. And, and I go and I kind of look and there's like nine teen shirtless boys like pinching each other's nipples back there. <laughs> I kid you the fuck not. And I'm like, I don't know what shirtless teen boy grab ass cult you got going on back there. But and I, you know, and I, and I just was like, I went upstairs. I was like, what's going on? I told Kate and she was like, how can I get in on that club? No, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that at all. <laughs> yeah, I think she'd be good at that. That's some sexy shit right there. But yeah, how fucked up? Like, I'm, I, like it slightly worried me to the point of like, should I, should I call somebody? She's <laughs> like, you're going to sound like the weird old man. Like, get those damn boys out from behind the garage. There's nine boys grabbing each other's memory grants. <laughs> so yeah, there's some weird shenanigans going on. What's up, Kate? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're nip talking grab. about the Georgia nip grab ass cult that's happening behind our garage. <laughs> Has was it a one time thing, or they go like every Tuesday or something? I don't know, but what if I just showed up, took my shirt off, and be like, "Hey, I'm here to join. How do I get in this club? You pussies ready to play for real?" <laughs> <laughs> it was severely disconcerting though, because you're like, "A, what's going on? B, where are your parents? C, like." Dude, what's going on? Like, I just, it was very, very weird. Mom, I'm going out behind the garage of Ryan. We're going to grab each other's nipples. <laughs> All right, be back by six. Unsupervised minors, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Other thing we found out, and I don't know if you can hear this, but um, there's a lot of trains that go right behind the apartment building. Oh, no, I haven't heard it yet. Choo-choo. Like, like, all night long, just trains. Ugh. But let me tell you, when we get this guest room set up, guess what it's going to be decorated in? A bunch of train memorabilia and people would be like, are you guys like into trains? We're like, nope, you'll see. And then like in the <laughs> middle of the night when the train starts going off, we're going to have like red lights start blinking. And, like, I like the idea of leaning around. into it. Like some people would be like, ah, oh, this is a bummer. You're like, oh, fuck with my guests. <laughs> hey, man, you got to find that silver lining. So oh, wait, I got to backpedal for one to? second. How's- I got to backpedal for a second. Okay, backpedal. It's not in The Shining. It's not a warthog. It's a guy in a dog costume. It looks like a warthog costume. I agree. Man. But just so you know, it's a dog. Yeah, with a little booty flap. And yeah. Who knows what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Doggy blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff that Shelley Duvall did not need to see. Oh, I hear a train. Ding, ding, There's ding, 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 ding. Hold for train. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, in your house? <laughs> All aboard the Rumi Express.
awesome. All night long. <laughs> Rufio loves it, I bet. <laughs> yeah, Rufio's like, choo-choo, put me on board the train. I'm a conductor. All aboard. Boop, boop. Oh, cabooses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, the train. You haven't really missed too much here. I've missed you. Um, I know that we haven't released any of it yet, but I did a couple episodes and a couple What Have You Been Watchings without you. Um, Although you You son of a bitch, you've been (laughs) cheating on me? You told me to. with your sister? You were missed, uh, uh, of course, but the people that we had on were some cool people, and we talked about some fun stuff. We have uh, uh, like a movie deconstruction with a buddy of ours. We talked to a super cool comic creator, uh, not only about his really, really cool comics, but also about horror movies, both specific and in general. So keep it tuned right here. You'll be able to see some cool stuff. But Rumi, today, unless you have any other creepy stories, what have you been watching? Oh, man. So when we got here, literally all I had, we didn't have cable yet. We didn't have internet. All I had was my PS4 and the Universal Monsters collection. Mm -hmm. So we've been watching all the Universal Monster movies, all the sequels I'd never seen. Kate watched Phantom of the Opera for the first time. She really liked it. But we watched The Mummy. And the one that I want to talk about, we watched the first Mummy, Boris Karloff. For the first time, I had a perspective to it that I had never had before. And Mm -hmm. you've seen this movie, right? Yeah, and actually, within the last, I would say, two years, I think, I saw it for the first time. I've seen pieces, but I actually sat down and watched it within the last two years or so. So, you know, it's about Boris Karloff is the mummy. At the beginning of it, they find this scroll and his body. They read the scroll. He wakes up, steals the scroll, takes off, shows up years later as like an old man, creepy old man. And he's like, dig right here. You'll find some princess chick. And they're like, okay, cool. They dig her up, and then, you know, it turns out that she's his long-lost love. There's a, a woman in modern times is like the ancestor of this woman, which, how do you be the ancestor of some woman if the woman's buried and dead? I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> he hypnotizes her. He's going to put the spirit of the dead mummy in the spirit of the woman. Whole thing. He's kidnapping her. For the first time ever, I saw it from the perspective of, if you are a hundreds of year old being right sure and you are put to death because your love dies your the greatest love of your life dies and you get caught trying to do a resurrection spell on her which is illegal and you're put (laughs) to death for that thousands of years later you're resurrected and you have one chance to get her back do you give a shit about anybody in the modern time no 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 not at all and it's like Everybody was just a nuisance. Everyone was just in his way. He didn't give one shits. He was so focused on just resurrecting the love of his life. And I was like, the thing is, he wasn't a bad dude in the past. Or at least they didn't show him being a bad dude in the past. Right, right. He technically isn't really being a bad dude now. Everybody else is trying to stop him from his noble cause. But when it turns into kidnapping and you know body swapping and shit like that that's kind of where it gets gray area but he doesn't give a shit he's a he's thousands of years old all these people are piss ants to him that was one of those movies and you and i have kind of recently talked about um the invisible man yeah and it's like i understood it was going to be about an invisible man but i start you start that movie and he kills a bunch of people on a train like a bunch of people crashes oh, a train yeah like 100 120 people yeah and that's like pretty much how the movie starts and i was like i did not think this movie was going to be about that yeah i thought the mummy was the same thing i thought the mummy was essentially going to be 
Frankenstein's monster, but instead of Frankenstein's monster, it was going to be a mummy walking around creeping people out in a tomb. But that's not at all what it's about. And I thought they did a really good job building that character because you kind of get where he's coming from and you kind of understand what he's doing. And he's not really evil. He's not he's not even misunderstood evil like like Frankenstein's monster. And he's not like flat out evil like um, Invis- um, Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. He's just kind of doing his thing. And he, you're right. Yeah. He's like, I'm not really worried about you. You don't even register to me. I'm trying to do this thing. Yeah. It was definitely, it was one of those movies that was like way more engaging than I would have thought. Like I would, like my sister hates black and white movies. You know what I mean? Like Citizen Kane, like fuck, you name a movie and she'll be like boring on the fact solely that it's black and white. You, you can't now, see this <laughs> disgust on my face in that sentiment. In that yeah. Statement. And I knew it was coming. But I it's fucking like, I love think, old black and white movies, man. Well, I think, but uh, you know, you and I grew up loving movies and we went to school for movies and we have a, a slightly different appreciation, I would generalize, than the average person. But like older movies were slower. They were paced slower. The, the shots took a lot longer. They were a lot wider. It's a different, you know, it's a different ball game now. And people like my sister can't get into the old ball game because it's just, it is too slow. It moves slowly. It takes its time. It sets up shit. That being said, I'm not saying that I feel that way. Uncultured. But, I was gonna say, but is, like, you can't tell me that like Citizen Kane or The Mummy was like moving along. Like, boom, boom, boom. Scene, scene, scene. No, it takes a long time. I, they're doing it on purpose. They're establishing yeah. stuff. And I think that's a, a thing that movies today lack. But I feel like The Mummy was an example of a movie where you could take a, a modern audience and be like, give this movie whatever it is, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. And I think they would be into it. I think... There are those, whether it's a Universal Monster movie or whatever, that is from that era that is a little bit dated and old. But I feel like The Mummy, although slow and is old, I think it holds up and I think it's got enough for today's audience to be intrigued by. So far, all the mainstays of the Universal Monster movies that we've watched, I think still hold up. I mean, definitely they have their pacing, you know, is considered slow, but... I think the main ones, like the first movie in the series, you know, what, once you get into like the third or fourth Dracula movie, it starts to fall apart a little bit. But, yeah, you know, the, the mainstays still hold up really well. What is your opinion of the Brendan Fraser Mummy remake? Are you a thumbs up or thumbs down on that? I only saw the first one and I may have seen it more than once, but I didn't like it more than once for sure. Hmm. That's one of those like I don't like those. There's no point to those. I mean, I guess you could say this spe- in my opinion. I guess you could say the special effects were cool, especially for the time. But to me, it was just like, you're just making boy Tomb Raider. which is, And also, to be fair, that is a, like the mummy genre is a genre I don't even care about. So if he had been, I don't know, the same type of movie, but a space exploration, maybe I liked it more. But like, it just was like too over the top, too cartoony with the, um, the creatures and all the CG and stuff like that. I don't particularly care for him. I didn't think it was that great of a story. But that being said, I watched it in what? I don't know, high school? And yeah. maybe once, maybe twice. I love that movie. Because here's the thing. It was like, I'm not going to be the original. I can't beat that. So let's just have a good time, guys. Little little party, a little dance, you know. Have some have fight some mummies, Beatles, cool effects. What they should have done was kept it in the canon, the universal monster canon. And instead of doing a, a you know, a, a modern day reboot of the mummy, they should have had it be an old so-and-so meets like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. They should have did the mummy meets Encino man. And oh, I would have watched that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the mummy goes to the Ant- Antarctica and goes, dig here. You'll find a cool guy. 
And then <laughs> midway through the movie, this guy crawls out of a bunker. He's been trapped in for 50 years with his parents and blast from the past. No. Okay. <laughs> and then he goes to hell and finds a stupid monkey. Stop motion monkey. Yep. Brendan Fraser movie jokes, everybody. Monkey bone. Yeah. Who else knows Brendan Fraser movies? <laughs> One of the things we watched, uh, the Creature from Black Lagoon sequel, which is, hey, we caught a fish. Now let's be a dick to it. <laughs> they literally catch this fish and they're like, we're going to study him. And by study, I mean, poke him with cattle prods underwater for like 30 minutes. Just like, is that <laughs> the creature walks among us or is that a different one? Uh, it's revenge of the creature. Oh, okay. Creature walks among us. is the third one. Third one. Yeah. Where they're like, Hey, let's cut his gills off and make him a human. Like what? <laughs> Why would you do this? The, My cattle prod is because your cattle prod is broken. You're like, I got to do something else with this guy. I also have a weird perspective now of the creature from the Black Lagoon is he is every internet troll like personified in a monster monster. It's like, <laughs> oh, look at this girl. Oh. And then the movie Shape of Water was like their fantasy where it's like, I'm a monster, but some girl wants to touch me. I wish a girl would sing to me and throw eggs in my mouth. <laughs> That's what every basement dweller wants. A nice, quiet girl to throw eggs in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, flood, flood their mom's bathroom and bang some mute girl. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Oh, my God. What have you been watching, Rumi? I had a blast from the past last night, actually, but I didn't go as far back as you. Um, the Matrix kept popping in my head the last couple of days. I don't know why, but like someone would mention it or I'd hear the word Matrix or I'd think of a specific sequence in the movie and specifically Reloaded. And I was like, you know, it's been a while since I've seen that. Quizzical look? Reloaded? Okay. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? It's it's not a great movie, but I think it's a fine sequel to... The, I mean, the first one was groundbreaking in so many ways and it's a really good, tight story. If you just didn't make a, a trilogy, if you just had The Matrix... That movie was awesome, start to finish great, and ends in a great spot. Oh, I love the first movie. Reloaded is a sequel that, like, I don't know that it needed to be made, but it's a logical next step in this series. It gets a little trippy and a little bit religious and super sexual for the first half, and I yeah. don't think any of that is necessarily necessary, but when you watch it, it's, it's what we were just talking about, about, like, even though they're doing a lot of CG, even though... They're doing some stylistic choices that are just trying to visually thrill you and don't necessarily move the story forward in a storytelling manner. It's not as distracting as like the Star Wars prequels or, you know, most most action movies and shit that happens. Any movie that takes place in like a futuristic world or at least has computers in it, mm -hmm. it's easy to forgive CGI it. When you have a, the Mummy movie, like the Mummy remake, there's no computers, and then you have bad CGI, at least compared to today's standards. Like, it stands out even more. Do you think that's sure, true? Sure, Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I also feel that, like, when you watch Matrix Reloaded, or even the, probably the original Matrix, which I'm going to go back and rewatch as well, it's the same thing I feel. When you watch Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park is such a good fucking movie, and they Holds did the, the effects too, so yeah. well. Like, when you watch the CGI there, it is dated. However, everything around it is so strong that I think your suspension of disbelief is there so hard, and you're just so into the movie as a package that you're not worried about the CGI not looking as good as it would today. I almost disagree with that, though, because I think, I think the CGI in Jurassic Park... There's a few movies that I could add to this list. Jurassic Park, T Terminator 2, 
and possibly the abyss, but it's the same thing as Terminator 2. But like the CGI to me still holds up. There's only one shot in Jurassic Park that to me you could go a little, little dated and it's on the first wide reveal of the big guys. But like for the most part, that CG holds up, dude. I, I, well, I know I, I think it does. Part of the reason it holds up is because the movie is strong enough. And I yes. would say the same is about the Matrix. I'm watching last night. Matrix Reloaded has a what I think is a really fun, well done scene where Neo is fighting dozens and dozens of Agent Smiths, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's there's a lot of sh- uh, practical shots in there, but there's also a lot of completely CG shots. The completely CG CG shots are very fast. They look untextured, like Neo's clothes and skin and hair all kind of look like the same. Yeah, it's Fabric. it's video game flat shading. Yeah, it yes, looks really. But weird. like, you know what? It's done well enough and quick enough. And between those quick shots, they're throwing back to Neo and Smith actually fighting. Yeah, and the movie I think does a good enough job where I think that's when audiences started to be like, "Wait, this is a little silly looking," and that's too much. But like, this is fu- it's it's in a computer game world, you know. And I think the sequence, the sequence on the the freeway with the trucks awesome. and everything, yeah, the, when the it's trucks just hit, so cool. so cool, yeah. And when the trucks hit, that's super video game fake looking. But like, we're watching a movie about fake video game life, and it's fun as shit. And like, come on, you're gonna complain after that awesome action chase sequence that literally is going in two directions at once and then crashes into each other? It's like, what else do you want? It's super. F- I was about to say, I wish I could record this right now so I can turn it back on you later. <laughs> But we are. But we did record it, so I'm going to use. What do you want? What do you want to hold back on? When you just said, "What do you want?" When you just had that bitching like chase sequence, and then the two trucks hit. What more do you want? Like I'm going to find that for so many movies that you bag on, where I'm just like, "You just (laughs) had this bitching chase sequence. What more do you want?" That was a movie I went in costume with a trench coat and like glass the whole deal. (laughs) I'm glad we're recording this too. And halfway through, I was like, I feel dumb for wearing this because this movie sucks. (laughs) I don't hate the sequel, but I, because it delivered on a bitch and chase fight sequence, this fight sequence in the stairwell where the creepy twins are jumping. The fight sequence is great. They, they, They take their time. There's a lot of wides and a lot of those fight sequences, that staircase fight, that's, I believe, mostly if not completely practical. Yes, there's wire work like crazy and shit, but it looks real and the camera is static and it holds on a long shot. And it's funny because I was watching it. Watch a Matrix, especially in Reloaded, Neo does a lot of like blocks Elbow where he's blocks. blocking. Yeah. yeah, he's blocking like crazy and making it look effortless. In the first time he fights an agent in that movie, if he didn't block, the agent's punches were stopping before his face regard. Like, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't blocking the progress of the punch. He was just swatting them away. So had he not done that, the guy's punches were still like stopped. Like the way he, he was standing was still, yeah. It was just like, I'm not hitting you. I'm not hitting you. That's but it's great. Funny. It's choreographed, beautiful. Yeah, but it, they made it so complicated for no reason. Yes. Like when I they get totally to the, agree. the Merovingian with the fucking orgasm cake, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> what the f- Why? Why? And then when they so- get to the creepy <laughs> controller guy who's god yeah okay kentucky fried chicken guy look you all you needed to give me in this movie was all this other bullshit i didn't need any of the story points hey we got to get this guy out of here why he's important done it could have made that movie so fucking simple and as long as you said sequel to the matrix hey guys you like that sweet kung fu bullet time shit here's a two hours more of that shit 
we would have been fine. But instead, they're like, hey, remember when we blew everybody's mind when we ripped them out of the Matrix and they were actually in some little shithole eating potatoes? And I was like, fuck yeah. I remember my mind getting blown. Well, we got to blow their mind again. How do we do that? Complicated, really, really, really complicated orgasm cake. You know, it's just like well, so Here's dumb. an interesting thing, too. And I was thinking about this, watching this, you know, with however many years now. This is... At least in my personal experience, one of the first times I remember seeing a movie and knowing a sequel was either already made or being made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they made the two of these back to back. Right. And that's a big thing now with Harry Potter and Star Wars and this and that and Avengers. I don't know that that was happening very much in the 90s and certainly not much before. And the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not a that's not a thing that happened very much back then. And I remember when I understood that that was what was going to happen, and that this one ended on a cliffhanger, already telling you there was going to be another movie. I thought that was a really interesting way to make a film. And I wonder if, uh, as a production, it bit off too much, like it bit off more than it can chew. And it's like, all right, let's write two movies long worth of plot and bullshit, and you know, figure that shit out. The thing is, it didn't, it just didn't need any, any plot. Like you really just needed the one mission of save the key master to get him to this place so that he right, could right. open this door. Didn't need any of that other crap. But I wonder if that other crap wasn't them setting up the third movie. I mean, clearly it was, but I wonder how much of that might have not been the same. The third <laughs> movie was like, well, damn, we got in way over our head. How do we fix it now? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching this last night. For If you guys remember The Matrix Reloaded, they go to see some French guy and some hot big boob girl in a restaurant. And he's like, because the Oracle sent them and the Oracle says, you got to go find this guy to get the key master. And they go there and he's just bragging about how great he is at everything. And then he refuses to help them. Yeah. During his bragging, he explains like, look how hot that girl is over there. I just made this cake and I, I, I programmed this cake to make her feel all these different things. And then slowly, yeah, she has an orgasm and it shows you in Matrix code, her vagina exploding in light. And like, <laughs> and then it cuts back happens. to them and they're covered in blood. It was really gross. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, that didn't and then he's like, he's like, I'm not helping you. And he walks away. And then his, his girlfriend slash wife or whatever is like, yes, I'll help you. But Neo you have to kiss me because I want to know what true love feels like because I'm with this asshole now. He used to be like you, but now he's not. And I'm watching that and I was like, she should have just eaten a piece of that fucking cake. We're just taking too long now. Like, because she was like, I just, I want to know true love. It's go eat a piece of that cake. That whole scene is such a waste of time. And here's, here's what they're trying to do is they're trying to get into this idea that we're all programmed. Like everything we do is some sort of programming. And right. they, they're trying to make you think about that. But we're on such a detour by the time we get to the, to, to the point of it. I'm like, I don't care. Drink the milk. Find the people under the floor. Just kill them all. I don't care. Like, oh, wait, that's Inglorious Bastards. Another movie that detours so hard you don't give a fuck. Like, there's so many moments in that movie where it's like, just get back to the fighting at hand. Like, <laughs> I love the idea of, yeah, every time you eat a piece of cake and you go, mmm, so good. I'm so full. Oh, my God. Every like, time your vagina explodes in light. Oh, I know. Every time I've had a piece of cake and it made me just blow my pants off. That is programming, and I love that idea, but I hate that it took... They just derailed everything for that. Yeah, I get that. But I'll sit through it because it was fun. Are you going to watch the third one again? Yeah, well, I think I'm going to watch three and then one because like, I already know I'm going to like one. Yeah, one's but... the best. One, one is one of my favorite movies of all time. That movie is so oh, it's great. fucking good. 
It's back great. To back. It's I, great. I went into that movie so unaware of what I was about to see. Like I had the, the day one? off from the first one. I had the day off yeah, school. Yeah. Um, my mom and I were hanging out. She's like, let's go see a movie. What's playing? I'm like, I don't know. The Matrix that has a cool title. Like, like literally. I think Keanu Reeves is handsome. I want to pinch his nipples <laughs> behind a garage. <laughs> behind a garage with six of my friends. <laughs> That's creepy, dude. It's so creepy. What are those fuckers doing? So we went and saw it, and I was so blown away. Dozer, I need a download program for nipple pinching. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your target? Nine-year-old boys. <laughs> no, they were older than that. Don't be creepy, Rumi. All right, get back in there. <laughs> I'm going to need guns. Lots of them. <laughs> I'm going to need pinching fingers. Whenever I'm setting up my surround sound system, I use the lobby scene in the Matrix for the surround sound because it has like one of the best engineered surround yeah. sounds. Oh, it's so good. I don't know that I've ever listened to it on surround sound. Oh, it's amazing. All the bullets falling and everybody... That song was in a movie called Playing God. Yeah. Um, did you ever see that movie? No. Playing God is a great movie with Timothy Hutton and David Duchovny and what's her name? The girl with the who uh, was with Billy Bob and Brad Pitt. Angelina Jolie. She's in it. Halle Berry. No. That's a really good movie. That movie had that song and featured that song in it first. And I liked that movie so much when I was in high school, I got the soundtrack. And when Matrix came out, I was like, I already know about this song. Oh, you knew it before. <laughs> it was cool. Look at you, Rumi. Way cooler than The Matrix. <laughs> oh man yeah and when i went to see playing god in theater i put a trench coat on and was like now i look cool <laughs> now i look cool <laughs> I went in costume. oh my god nerds you got anything else you've been watching dude yeah there's so another one this isn't nearly as uh, epic as the matrix but i just watched on netflix a movie called wind river which has jeremy rayner rhymer rumor jeremy Hawkeye. help us out we're still wa- we're still waiting on you to tell <laughs> us know. the pronunciation dude, i'm gonna get him to call in one day um, but it's got Jeremy what a, Jeremy R. <laughs> Jeremy R is in it. And JJ so Ren is Ren? the uh the older Olsen twin. I think she's older, or maybe she's younger, but the one who's not a twin. I the said w- twin, but I didn't Is she mean also twin. Scarlet Witch? Yes, yeah, her. Wow. Yeah, them okay. too. They're in a movie so, together? Yes. Oh. And it's called Scarlet Witch Side Project. Okay. It's called Wind River. It's a movie, it's very similar. Remember Hold the Dark? Yes. Or whole, what, is that what I call Hold the Dark? The confusing ass movie with the bitchin' shootout? Yes. This is very much like that. It's almost like the first draft of that. It takes oh. place in the cold wilderness. Jeremy Rayner is a, like a wildlife, I forget what if they, if they, he's a wildlife agent. So like he's killing coyotes at the beginning who are menacing some goats. Pew-pew. They find a dead body in the snow and it's a, you know, it's clearly a, a murder victim, but they can't figure out like why this body's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, and yeah. she's an FBI agent who gets flown in and is very by the book and doesn't understand. It's on an Indian reservation. She doesn't understand Indian reservations. I'm remembering the trailer for this now. Yeah. Okay. And it's the trailer gives away one or two things, but you're watching it. And I won't give too much of a spoiler, but it's not the shootout from Hold the Dark at all. But it is a pretty bitchin' shootout, and it's pretty cool. But um, does the movie make more sense than the rest yes, of Hold it's, the Dark? Yes, it's way more like A leads to B leads to C leads to D. Okay, I get that. I don't know that it's the most satisfying conclusion, but it's not like at the end of that Hold Dark, a Hold the Dark movie, you're like, wait, what? There was no, wait, what movie in there? There's, 
it explains something. And then when it explains something, you're like, I don't know how feasible that is. But like, logically, it makes sense. The pieces fit together. I just don't know if I agree with that. But um, well acted, well shot. I, I'm kind of in a, in a, a mood. I like those in the snow, mystery, isolation, creepy movies. And this one does a pretty decent job at that. Don't watch Frozen Ground. Frozen Ground? Which one yeah. was that? Uh, that's the one where Nick Cage and Matthew Broderick. No, maybe Matthew Broderick. Yeah, maybe Matthew Broderick. Is it old? Not really, but it's about a serial killer in the Arctic. And this is a true story based on a true story. Obviously, the Nick Cage aspect of it is the fictional part. But it's about <laughs> this, this, this serial killer who had a plane and kidnap people and fly them out to the middle of fucking nowhere and go hunt them. Gnarly. Oh, interesting. But not a good movie. Terrible movie. But the the story behind it is really creepy and interesting. And they like we're always this close to catching him and had all the evidence, but we're just too stupid to put it together because they're like, yeah, we don't give a shit what this woman says. <laughs> yeah, we're on the track for this killer. Yeah, we're police officers. They were terrible. It's just like a, just a bastardization of justice. I would ask you who the woman was, but seeing as how you don't know who any of the men in the movie were, you probably don't remember her either. No. <laughs> What's next on your frozen, cold, Arctic docket, Empire Strikes Back? No, that one sucks. It was all <laughs> like this. The story, all I wanted was Star Wars again. I didn't want them to put any Jesus bullshit in there. <laughs> or <laughs> I didn't want any like, <laughs> when Darth Vader makes that, that rebel eat a orgasm cake, you're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know if I have anything on my frozen docket specifically. Oh, I've been—we we didn't even talk about this. I've been in a huge Godzilla kick lately, Fuck hitting yeah. a few of my favorites as well as some that I either haven't seen or only saw once. I'm gonna finish the Matrix trilogy. I think we could tease. I've been doing some '80s and '90s action homework because of an episode that we have coming up. I don't want to say more about it yet, but we're pretty bona bonerific, bona fide about that. Bonafide, bonerific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Think of what that stamp would look like. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> it's an odd-looking rubber stamp for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby just did a boing motion with his hand and then a thwap with his wrist. Well done. <laughs> well, it was good to see you, seeing you again, buddy. I miss you already. Amanda, Amanda asked me the other day. She's like, "Do you miss your Rumi?" I was like, yeah. of course I miss him. You were still driving. Uh, yeah, I miss you, dude. But we're going to do more of these. We're going to hang out some more. We're going to watch some stuff. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. We got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, man. We got some good stuff coming up. Uh, I, mean, I am going to tease these things. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we have a great interview that you and I did with Zeb Wells, who is one of the writers for Robot Chicken. He's one of the showrunners for uh, Super Mansion. He's written Spider-Man comics. He, written, he wrote Carnage USA. Just a, a great writer and a, and a cool dude, but the funny part is, well, you'll have to listen to the yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. it it's, had a strange location, we to say the least. <laughs> and then uh, in the next couple of weeks, we will also be releasing our interviews. Matt and I went and saw a, a, a play. We're cultured, Rumi. We went to a, a Broadway <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, we went and saw Evil Dead, the musical, uh, which was put on by a great group of people, and we interview the director, the cast, we talk about ghosts, we talk about horror movies. These people were super cool. They put on a good show. It was a lot of fun, but uh, we got to sit down and talk, and we just had a great time. Yeah, chilling at the Hillcrest Center of the Arts. It was really just a really fun thing. I don't think we realized it was going to be as fun as it was, and we were yeah. there like all day just having a ball with these guys. Then we got to see a great show. We talked to them before and after, so check that episode out. That'll be coming soon. 
That'll be coming soon. And as usual, keep up with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod. Hit like and subscribe <laughs> on Apple Podcasts and leave those reviews, guys. We love getting those reviews. We love seeing it. Man, we really appreciate everybody who has been tuning in to us for all these years. And even, even when we have tons of content, even when we've had to had to back off a little bit because we've been so busy. We love everybody who sticks with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, until next time, we're the Rocketeers. And Matt, let's blast this thing off. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.